What do we want to see in iOS 14? The iPad turned 10 this week. How much money did Apple make this past quarter? All this and more on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Life Johnson and Jason Cross. Hello. So let's start off with the news. Apple announced their first quarter 2020 results yesterday. That's Tuesday. And they made a lot of money. Yeah, all the money. (laughs) It was a record quarter. They made all the monies. The revenue was what, $91.8 billion? Yeah. Uh, which is a new record quarter. I forgot how much profit it was. Was it something like twenty-two billion in profit or something yeah, like that? It's yeah. They're maintaining. Hmm, it's still somewhere around a thirty-five percent margin or something. Their like margin that. still yeah. So very nice. That sounds right. I read somewhere. I, I believe it was Jason Snell who kind of extrapolated out the, go, go building on the margin thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That if you consider their services. Their service, the margin margin with services mm-hmm. is like twice, almost twice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're making iCloud storage doesn't cost them. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because there's no product. I mean, well, they have a it's a product, right. but they're not. You don't have to buy parts and construct things and stuff like that. There's no other costs that are associated. Yeah, with you said Apple it's stuff. a big, it's a big. Uh, it's a big upfront cost, yeah. but then it's just this recurring revenue right. uh, with no additional, like the upfront cost isn't a lot more. I mean, of course, they have to grow iCloud servers and stuff like that. Yeah. But they they use partners for some of that stuff. You know, some yeah. of that stuff is Google's cloud and so on. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's that's a big that's, money that's big money. I mean, Apple TV Plus is not that yet. Because everyone's on their free trial, like I can't yeah. imagine, it's got to be over ninety five percent of all Apple TV subscribers are just on the free right. trial. Uh, who's paying five dollars yeah. a month right now? Yeah. And I can't believe I didn't see more commentary about that, where people were just like, that it's like nobody even thought about that when they were talking about Apple TV Plus as a service. It was like, yeah, that, that's the big thing. It, it's kind of like a, a time bomb. That's the way they kind of right. Yeah, it. And, yeah. It's, yeah. and they're spending billions of dollars on content, but then. In a year, when everybody's free trial runs out and they start to well starts to run out and it right. auto renews, <laughs> and nobody's nobody remembers. Oh, I gotta go cancel. Yeah, no, nobody you know? ever and does it's that. and it's not a big stick. It's five bucks. It's not a big sticker yeah. shock on your yeah. your right. bank statement, so you're not gonna see it and go like, oh right. god, I gotta cancel that. And right. so I think there's gonna be like eighty percent retention, and then all of a sudden it's gonna be next year. Uh, Maybe first quarter, maybe second quarter of their next year, it's all of a sudden going to be like a uh, what about eight hundred million dollars something like worth that of yeah. revenue? Yeah, service revenue. Yeah, services were up seventeen percent year over year. So, like you said, once the subscriptions kick in, yeah, we're going to see a big jump in that. Yeah, certainly that's that's got to be mostly Apple. Mu- I mean, that's that's kind of like just Apple music growth. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Apple News Plus didn't go anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I, I don't get the sense that as good as we think Apple Arcade is, I don't get the sense that it's getting like tens of millions of subscribers or yeah. something. The problem is that I also think the service is getting worse. And I, and I think it's just because they're having a harder time luring in people the games that have come out have been interesting but uh it's not like sayonara wild hearts and some of the cool stuff they had at launch uh, and that's me i mean yeah. they i think they definitely need more mm-hmm. um i still think it's a good deal especially if it's you're, you're doing family sharing mm-hmm. um but 
yeah, I just regardless of the quality, I just don't think it's a, a big money maker for them yet. Right. Yeah. So, but Apple TV Plus is going to be <laughs> because they have a lot. By they haven't said numbers yet, right? But, you know, analysts' speculations and stuff. You know that there are some thirty million or so subscribers and climbing. Yeah, so free subscribers. You know, uh, wearables was up forty percent year over year. No, That's probably boosted a lot by the AirPods. Yep. And Apple Watch 3, since they were discounted so much, uh, I think a lot of people mm. were getting on the Apple Watch brand. Yeah, they mentioned in the QAs, I think, that they couldn't manufacture enough Apple Watch 3s. Mm -hmm. They they had yeah. mis-predicted uh, demand and weren't, manu weren't making enough of them. So that just shows you how many people want a cheaper Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the... the "Quote unquote lower end of products like the Apple Watch 3 and the the iPhone 11. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird to call them lower end. Uh, right. uh, maybe I should say more affordable mm -hmm. end products were the ones that kind of pushed sales. Like the you know the Apple the Apple said the iPhone 11 was their best selling phone and they sold a lot of iPhones and a lot of people weren't expecting them to sell. Fifty six billion. I mean, they, they were expecting them to sell a lot of iPhones. I don't think anyone was... A, I think a lot of analysts weren't expecting them to sell this many iPhones. Right. See, the problem I have with that is I keep seeing this stuff that, whoa, I iPhone demand suddenly went up. I don't think iPhone demand ever went anywhere. I, I think that the prices were getting insane. And Apple, mm -hmm. you know, introduced Ooh. a modern that's phone that was right? very affordable. Yeah. And yeah. that's what people wanted to, to upgrade. I, I really strongly believe iPhone demand has never gone anywhere. Yeah, I think people just yeah. held on to their iPhones. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what people um, are doing for another now. year. Uh, and I think they also, I think timing and pricing both were better this year. Mm -hmm. Last year, the iPhone XR came out later, uh, yeah. which was which was weird for people. And yeah, and this year, the iPhone calling the iPhone XR replacement just the iPhone 11 mm -hmm. makes it seem like it's the standard model. It's yes. not a cut down model. It's yeah. not a reverse model. It's you have the standard model on the Pro. If you're not a tech person, branding. that's important marketing. Like exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and I, I think they're probably going to stick with that next year. I hope so. Mac sales were flat, which I think surprise. isn't isn't that surprising. It, it yeah. tends to be flat. It dips, and then it creeps back up when, like, a new MacBook is released. Jason yeah. was saying that. So. It, it's The Mac hasn't, you know, like the Apple Watch and iPhone, there are literal, there are things that you can really point to with those devices that say this is getting better. Whereas the Mac, it's like, oh, you brought back an old keyboard. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. it's we've become too accepting of really marginal improvements on the Mac, just going like, well, it has a new Intel chip and it's 8% faster, yes. four and a half stars, you know, and, and it's just not being aggressive. Also, Apple did this last quarter didn't release much new. Yeah. They released yeah. the MacBook Pro 16 inch, which is really high end. Yeah, they released uh, high end products and then, in the Mac Pro. And then Pro. the Mac Pro, which is right. never going to sell volume that, that yeah. affects their bottom line. Yeah. Um, whereas last year they had the new Air um, and wasn't a new MacBook, th weren't, weren't the 13 inch MacBook Pros refreshed or yes, something like that? The more popular models were refreshed last year. So actually yeah. being kind of flat, Mac sales being kind of flat isn't actually that. Bad. No, and that's no. the thing. It was so off my radar because it was just so meh. The yeah. thirteen inches. I had to think about it for a second. Yeah. Uh, I want to say about the Apple Watch. I saw an, I saw an editorial. Sorry, writer. I don't remember who you wrote for, but it was that Apple should make like a regular Apple Watch and an Apple Watch Pro, like it was doing with. I think the existing model works fine. Um, you know, like the older mm -hmm. models are. You know, 
because it's just it's a watch ultimately, and I, I I think you know knowing that you're buying an old older one is you know, but it's still pretty good. I say that in my deal post. I had a three for a long time, and it was suited me just fine. Um, yeah, I don't know what they would. I don't know how, how would, would you make differentiate because yeah. they yeah. they kind of put everything they can possibly do into the current right. the most recent Apple Watch, and then they just sell the older model. At a lower at right. a lower price. Yeah, Apple will tell you that's their model that that's their right. version of no, they, Pro, they, non-pro. They do that so with they do that with iPhone and iPhone still has Pro and non-pro, but yeah. there's more they can do there. They can slap on more cameras and stuff right. like that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's as much wiggle room in the watch. I agree. Plus, like you said, how many watches do we need? <laughs> do we need a, do we need of the current version, regular and pro, in two sizes? And they're selling old versions. Like, we don't need that much Apple Watch. The iPad is kind of a disappointment. Uh, It posted a 12% drop year over year. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, there was no new Pro. And that new 10.2-inch was basically the 9.7-inch with a smart connector and a slightly bigger screen. There was, like, no – I don't even think the processor was different. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think it's surprising. But I I wasn't expecting a 12% drop. I I thought maybe single-digit drop. Because I figured that people would still buy like the lower end one for Christmas, mm-hmm. the holidays. So I thought that would boost it. But people tend to hold on to iPads. I was just going to say, yeah. it's a lot like the Max uh, market where um, people, there, there's so many, your iPhones and stuff do so many things and they're with you all the time that it's like every two years you're like, wow, the camera's so much better than my two-year-old yeah. phone. It's so much faster. It has way more storage. Yeah. The battery's better. You know, you can make all all these things. The iPad, you're like, this is the thing I give to my kid to watch videos in the backseat right. of the car. It's, it's a consumption device yeah. mostly. And, and, well, even when it's a productivity device, it's like I'm just doing stuff on the screen that's not taking a lot of, like, CPU mm. time, I'm not being frustrated. This thing's not fast enough. Right. It's kind of like a lot. I mean, a Mac isn't a MacBook is not a consumption device, but you still feel fine hanging on to it for four or five years right. because it's doing what you need it to do. Right. And I think Apple worked themselves into that corner by constantly telling you that the iPad can replace your laptop mm-hmm. and having that, you know, what's a computer ad and <laughs> stuff like that. And it, yeah. to the same degree, you feel like you don't need to upgrade them as much. Yeah. And I'm not as disappointed with perform. I mean, performance on an iPad. I mean, some of the stuff on a Mac, you definitely feel it. But in an iPad, it's like you know, I I freely tell people that 9.7 inch, 10.2 inch. That's that's fine for most people. You don't really notice any performance difference. And, yeah, uh, every issue I have with an iPad is not something that could be fixed with hardware. Exactly. It's yeah. all like how you do multitasking <laughs> is is <laughs> the the main. It's all software. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good device, and you have to admit on some level that works against it for profits yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Now, speaking of the iPad, the iPad turned 10 years old on Monday, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure there are people still using 10-year-old iPads. iPad 2. Work, I mean, <laughs> my ex still has an iPad 2. I don't think you can upgrade it anymore. No. Yeah. I, had an iP- I was using an iPad Air 2 for a really long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. That was surprisingly, you could still get updates, and it was still surprisingly capable. Yeah. There are some interesting articles that I'm reading about. Uh, John Gruber came out with, with one that kind of explains what's wrong with the iPad. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, usability issues why why that hinder it from becoming a true productivity device. 
like he was saying, the multitasking was one yeah, of those yeah, the multitasking. It's it's kind of clergy. Um, the way everything is sandboxed, yeah, um, because of the way the OS works and stuff, and everything has to work within very narrow APIs and all this other stuff. Yeah, developers just don't have the freedom to make things work together and to change the way the operating system works the way that they do on a Mac. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on top of that, you've got interface issues where, I mean, if I gave an iPad to somebody who's not a techie, somebody who really isn't reading up on this stuff all the time, and tried to get them to, like, use two apps at the same time yeah. to do to actually accomplish something, to actually, like, you know, write over here and do emails over there or something, they would be so frustrated. Yeah. My dad is one of those people. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> you know, so it's still... As much as they're doing, it still just feels like a single yeah. use thing, you know, one thing at a time. One point that uh, Ben Thompson at strategery.com, uh, it's a blog that covers kind of Apple's business and stuff, um, that he points out about that, and it, I thought was an interesting point about the iPad, was that when the iPad was introduced, uh, they made Apple made a point to kind of tout the applications and how cheap they were mm -hmm. like GarageBand was $4.99 and that kind of kind of hampers dev development from a third party standpoint because you have to make cheap apps and then these apps you know at, at the time you know subscription based models weren't viable or weren't you know weren't being used yep. and so you sold this app, and then you had to pro you provided free upgrades, and then that was it. Your income kind uh, income stream kind of stalled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was it was at a, a low price point to begin with. So Apple can get away with doing that pricing, but third party developers had a harder time g getting away with. Yeah, you were being encouraged to make effectively, you know, full Mac scale apps, yeah. big, bo big boy apps, not your phone apps, right? And sell them at phone app prices, right? And not have the scale of the iPhone, not have yeah. hundreds of millions in the market to sell to. Yeah. That's why a lot of the most famous ones are going to a subscription model. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, talking about Markdown editors, uh, Bear and Ulysses both have a subscription model now, whereas IA Rider, which is one of the most popular ones, uh, Mike and I both use it, um, is still holding on to that low price, that one one buy price point. And I, I actually kind of have to wonder how they're doing it at this time because they, they, it's still very good, but I have to imagine the market's getting pretty saturated for it right now. Yeah, some developers seem to make it work. and uh -huh. But I've found that those developers tend to be like one or two person type yeah. companies. Yeah, something like IA Writer, it makes sense to me that, that they could do that because they're not storing stuff on your cl yeah. their cloud. It's yeah. all yeah. your iCloud storage. They don't have... APIs they have to pay for, like weather APIs and stuff right. that they're pinging and stuff. And it's a writing app, not to belittle writing apps because mm -hmm. making a good one's tough, but it's not, this is not a 40 person right. team, right. you know, of. Yeah. Yeah, there's so a, maybe that it works. There's a new version of Fantastical that was revealed today, and has it mm -hmm. also has a subscription model. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, but it's a very robust app. It's, it's kind of a big app yeah. now. Yeah. And they are doing a lot of, they're doing a lot of cloud stuff. They're doing, built-in weather so they've got to pay accuweather api fees yeah. and stuff so yeah fa there's a good comparison yeah i writer versus fantastical too that that's that's a yeah. pretty big step for fantastical 3 yeah because yeah. that's a complex app yeah uh today there was a report that came out uh in regards to ming ching kuo the analyst 
Who who does he work for now? I, f- I forget who he I works. forget the name. Uh, is he on his own or no? He's a, a different securities firm. Yeah, I just remember KTI, but I don't remember what he <laughs> yeah. used. Really something for. something security. Yeah, I wanted to doesn't... give credit where he works, but now I can't remember. <laughs> so. He's the star. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he's often uh, spot on with uh, a lot of the speculation that comes out, especially with hardware. Yeah, especially with hardware. And today he has a new report saying that Apple could be coming out with some new products, uh, in particular a charging pad for wireless devices, a um, new head, was it? High-end headphones. High-end headphones, that's what I wanted to say. I couldn't couldn't remember if they were noise-canceling or not. I I, I don't even know if that was detailed or not. They probably will be, but that wasn't part of his mm -hmm, thing. And then uh, new uh, a, a UWB tag that would compete with uh, the product called Tile, which That's is almost right. confirmed at this yeah. point. Yeah, there's a bunch of others, and we've seen references to these in people have found references to them in like iOS and, the and iOS, stuff. Yeah. And um, they're still not around. They're probably going to be called Air Tags or something, but yeah. And the charging pad doesn't surprise me because Apple gave up on, but you know they almost have to. Come that out actually with shocks like me that. because like really? they, after yeah. they gave up on Air Power, it's just like, well, well you do know, you think they would still call it Air Power? No, because <laughs> no. that name is kind of no, and, and they it, wouldn't live that down. And it sort of <laughs> uh, implies a, a functionality because they got on stage and like showed it off yeah. and stuff, yeah. right? So. I think they would have to have a different name, and, and it probably just charges one device at a time. Yeah. yeah. Or two devices in particular spots or something. Yeah. But I just, it surprises me because that market is well taken care of. Right. Exactly. Like, right. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. So. It definitely seems like just the type of product that Apple would just say, there are third plenty of third-party solutions that yeah. you can yeah. uh, so use many. that are all good. It seems like that, but uh, yeah, because and I can't imagine there are huge margins on that type of accessory. So that's true. You know, uh, it feels like a case of well, we develop, we went this far (laughs) in this development, we might as well come out with something. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's, kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like an apple. Just don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they don't need to do that before. So why not just kill it? Yeah, because I don't know if I would prefer an Apple wireless man over. There's no reason Anchor, to any of these yeah. other Qi branded, I mean, Qi technology, uh, the wireless chargers yeah. are great. Uh, the Bluetooth headphone, people are speculated that it would be kind of like the Beat Studio 3 headphones. No, I don't mind. Air- I love mm-hmm. AirPods and stuff, but I hope they're not just big white cans. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of hope. I mean, for for big cans, like the glossy white it's too, <laughs> it's too much, right? Too much. There's, there's something, yeah, I, yeah. I prefer darker colors, and, yeah. Or at least matte. Like the, I've seen right. some, I've seen matte white headphones that actually look pretty good and stuff. But just that shiny, glossy Sorry. Apple headphones in big cans. Mm. No, I'd rather not. With with like a chrome Apple logo. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe or, or it would light colors. up like the MacBook. Maybe it would light up like the MacBook. People, people, I, I would hate that, but people would love that. No, people would love that. I would, I would not be. Even though MacBooks so. don't do that anymore, like people right. would love that. Flip them over your AR glasses. <laughs> yeah. And then the the Apple tags. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, but and it's not a product that I'm interested in. I I don't have a 
real use for it. But I think a lot a lot of people have a lot of use for these, and I think they're great products. My biggest problem is that the number one thing that we lose all the time is my wife's phone, okay. <laughs> which yeah. is the thing you need to use to find your stuff with the tags. <laughs> like that's that's the one thing you can't really put a tag right. on is for her to find her yeah. own phone. I might stick one in my wallet. That's about all I can think of. I mean, people. It's good. Good thing to throw one in your bag or whatever. Yeah. You know, your luggage, yeah. something. Another upcoming product that was revealed through a, a patent that Apple filed is a new all-in-one desktop computer. I hesitate to call it an iMac because yeah, who, who knows what they'll call it. Who knows what they'll call it? Made made from a sh- one sheet of glass. Mm-hmm. Now I love when you look at the design of that. It's kind of curved, and it's like UFers wanted a curved, you know, bendable <laughs> glass. Well, here you go. Here yeah. it is. <laughs> and so we're just not giving yeah. it to where you thought you would get it. <laughs> yeah, the patent has some illustrations that that show what it could look like. Um, it almost looks like uh, it's going to be hard to describe on a podcast. Yeah, but, uh, but think of like an open um, uh, laptop or something like that, where the big display part. And just curves naturally down to the keyboard and trackpads. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, trackpads would be on either side of the keyboard, which would yeah, uh, both sides. Yeah, both sides. Right. And uh, so it would be great for left and right-handed people, yeah. and um, which makes me happy. But I think those are more comfortable positions than right there in the middle, like you get on the uh, like the, on the MacBooks. But uh, I, I do like to see the idea of a new design. Uh, I'm not so sure because it looks like the keyboard is going to be fixed, even though you can remove it. But I'm a person that, depending on my mood, like the keyboard either further or, you know. That's right. way too close. Yeah, yeah. the keyboard being yeah. right up there under the screen, it needs to be something you can pull the keyboard off and use it right. wirelessly, and mm-hmm. that's just a dock to charge it. Yeah. Um, I, we should point out that just because this thing, they say it's glass, doesn't mean it's going to be clear. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Like your phone's got glass on the front and back, which you can't see through it. I mean, yeah. it's it's glass because it's got a curved shell, but the, making it transparent would be silly. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to look at a screen and see all the stuff behind it. Um, and there's a couple of other interesting bits. Like if you took out the keyboard, you could sl- you could almost dock a MacBook from yes. behind, sliding it through the yeah. hole so that your MacBook goes – and then your MacBook's display would show on the big screen. Yeah. Well, look at that. That's pretty silly. cool. I, I yeah. mean, I'm trying to – it's a good idea when you hear it, but then I'm trying to think of the practicality of it and probably think probably thumping up and down while you're trying to – Well, it would be a good way to – it would be a – Convenient way to dock your your Mac to show on the big screen, and I appreciate you that. Use I it for a long book. time, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I really hope that if they do anything like this, because they these patents show up all the time and they don't actually right, make products. right. But I love the idea of having a, a a big magic trackpad on both sides of the keyboard, mm-hmm. especially if they're treated independently by the OS. Mm. You can see app developers doing all kinds of really awesome mm. stuff where it's like this one's your mouse. But the le- but the other one, whatever one's your mouse, the other side one, we're gonna do stuff with our yeah. software for. Where yeah. it'd be great for music apps and all this other stuff. You could do all these cool things. So this kind of two trackpad thing, I think, has a lot of potential benefit. Way more than stuff like Touch Bar. Oh God, yes. <laughs> and I'm so glad to see them. Uh, you know, trying to do something interesting with. Uh, you know, with the the Mac again. I mean, I'll say that even if nothing comes of it, it shows that they're at least trying to think of something. Yeah, that iMac design's been around for a mm-hmm. while. It's it's. I don't want to say it's stale because it's stale. Yeah, it, it's, it's still beautiful, but it's just like right. The old that's iMacs. what that's, that's yeah. what I. It, it's not that it doesn't look good or anything. It's just that 
when, it's been around for when a while. Microsoft introduced their Surface, uh, the the Studio Surface, you know, yeah. that tilts down like a drafting table and stuff like that. I saw that the design of that, the tilting down like a drafting table and all that. I was listening, and the little knob you can put anywhere on the screen. Turn. I was like, this is Apple should have done this. This yeah. is what the next iMac should have been from Apple. Yeah. I was like really surprised. Um, one thing I really hate about this design in this uh, <laughs> <laughs> in this thing is that. Um, there's no height adjustment, which is already right. a right. serious issue with an iMac. And then, yeah. the, and for this, there's no height and no tilt adjustment. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're just like at this fixed angle. Of what, what am I going to do? That's a problem. That? That's a problem. So it's I, too low and not at the yeah. right angle. What am I? I always end up getting a ream of paper and putting <laughs> putting it underneath the. Yeah, the but iMac. you can't do that because your keyboards, yeah, and right. trackpads are yeah. there, so you're stuck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like a whole iMac stand industry. <laughs> so oh yeah, like, I've got one at home. <laughs> We got one on. We got one on four different stands. Right. Over here. Yeah. Right. The iMac here in the in the podcast uh, studio is on a stand that's about what a good almost six inches. Yeah. Five. Yeah. It's more so, than that. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be a problem if if this design sticks. Yeah. They could definitely modify it. So. Yeah. Certainly, patent will. illustrations are not final designs. Yeah. Any. Apple will most likely be unveiling the next version of iOS, iOS 14, at its Worldwide Developers Conference in a few months. Our own Jason Cross came up with a list of things he'd like to see in a new operating system. So let's talk about that and so maybe come up with a few other ideas we'd like to come up with for iOS 14. Let me start this, this discussion by... Uh -oh, by a couple of hot takes from our readers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Varga on Facebook said, uh, in regards to this particular article, or, or in, guard, in regards to iOS 14, he said, how about ending the unnecessary yearly releases of iOSs? Every year it's the same thing. The first release is always full of bugs. Apps may or may not work because they have to constantly update them to work on a new iOS. At Sugar Glider Dude on Twitter said that he would prefer if it was released every other year instead of every year because it's a buggy mess coming out every year, which takes a year to fix. They're not the first people to suggest every other year. Yeah. But you usually hear this from people who are dead set on buying an Apple product and not concerned about its its competitiveness in the marketplace. Right. Uh, I think I would be down for this sort of idea if they could separate the underlying operating system and frameworks from all of their apps. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. Because Apple updates all of its apps as part of the iOS update. So if I could get my Apple Music major update off schedule and Apple Maps and podcasts and App Store, everything else that they update right. wasn't tied to the OS update, mm -hmm. then the OS updates could come less frequently and we could just get app updates separately. And that's, that's what the Android world does. But... Uh, other than that, no, they've got to update all those apps to, to stay competitive. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would hate – think about Apple Maps from 18 right. months ago yeah. and be like, no, you've got six more months of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. And there are sometimes when I turn on like an old iPad or Mac from just like three years ago and I was like, oh, my God, is this ancient. Yeah, And, it, <laughs> and it's just – you don't realize just how much this stuff actually improves until you go back to an older one and, yeah. and how much stuff you miss. Yeah. I think people wouldn't feel this that way if they did what your number one 
uh, item on on the wish list was was to prioritize reliability. Yeah, which yeah. they kind of did for iOS 12, right? And that was surprisingly good. There's always some bugs. There's hundreds yeah, of there's millions of users. Be, You're not going to yeah. find every little bug with the keyboard or something. But uh, iOS 13 was a much bigger mess, no doubt. And there's been those rumors that they've reorganized the internal processes which by by which they make iOS that should help it make it easier to test internally yeah. and make it more reliable. Let's we've heard that before, I think. So yeah. hopefully it's true this year, but I kind of feel like they promise too much stuff sometimes and right. it can't work. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's better to just set the expectations that new features for iOS are going to roll out over six months mm -hmm. that all the way until March or April, we're going to keep getting iOS 14.3, iOS 14.4 mm -hmm. with new features and just make what ships initially really, really solid, much better tested. And yeah. And I feel like everybody forgets that iOS 12 was meant to be a cleanup release. I mean, they, they I believe Federico actually said that. It, it was just, uh, you know, we're going to settle back and we're going to, you know, they didn't introduce some new stuff, but by and large it was, and that was why it was not that buggy, because they actually focused on that. Whereas 13 released a lot of new stuff. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, maybe they could keep up that pattern, like next year's is just kind of step back a bit, or they could just roll out less stuff every year. But I think that's part of the balance is, yeah, let's let's dump a new bunch of new stuff. But at the same time, I, I'm kind of like the I'm trying. The, the main problems I have with the bugginess were actually in the beta. Um, there were a lot of stuff. It's it's really screwed up my iCloud, and I don't think I've recovered from it because the beta was so bad. Yeah, uh, pe but people have been having those kind of problems since release. Yeah, and there's been significant things needing fixing. I think everyone would agree that iOS 12 was very quite stable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to, as these go, as yeah, these releases go. To the bugginess of iOS 13. Yeah, 13 was almost like it's almost like iOS. It was almost night, night or day, something. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like all the things that were fixed in iOS 12. Uh, not, this isn't correct, but it, it, was, it right. felt like all the things that were fixed in iOS 12 just kind of like disappeared with iOS 13. You know, so. it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to know without knowing how they build their software. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of features came in, came together late, mm -hmm. which is one reason why you had like an iOS release, but not the iPadOS release. Right. And then you, later you had a 13.1 like right away mm -hmm. with an iPad release. And it yeah. was like this weird release schedule yeah. Some, and certain key features weren't coming yet. They were coming the next month. And it's not the way they normally do it. And I think it, they, I think when all those features came together late, uh, they didn't have time to test it as well as they should have. Yeah. They interact together weird. Um, the rumor about how they're reorganizing things is supposed to be to make it easier to separate out specific features and integrate them and test them, test them with each new feature or app or yeah. whatever framework like independently. Yeah. Uh, the second item you had on your list, and I'd be happy if just these first two were addressed in iOS 13. That was it. 14. Is, is or iOS 14 is a smarter Siri. Yeah, and we've been wanting that for a long this, time. Say this every year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just kind of a given at this point. Um, every year they release. Uh, there's a Siri improvement, and you're like, uh, "That's it." 
it talks better now. Like yeah. great, but oh, I need I want way to more than that. Understand me better. Exactly. See, that's the you know that goes on to the next one. That was my big thing was the the, the dictation and stuff, which is kind of related, but not. But the the thing is, is they had a a big head start in the game with this, and if nothing else, they should be really good at that. They that they, 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 they nobody else should be able to touch them because they've been around it. Just being able to comprehend what you're freaking saying. What are you spending that money on? It, it, it's just you know I, I don't think anybody. We don't need that many skills. I often say that Siri is actually honestly a lot better at some of the things I normally use it for, you know, like setting timers, like when's how far away is a date, all that kind of stuff like that, than some of the the other ones. It may not give me some of the more, you know, like the you know, the, like the skills and the personality stuff and everything. But that stuff it does pretty well. But I don't like that it doesn't understand me. That I I was doing I was doing research for an article on that and. It did show that it is actually considered the second most accurate, but at the same time, I'm like, that's still not good enough. Yeah, you've had all this time. <laughs> well, and and you know, they those uh, I know the articles of which you speak, and it's they they test a certain number of like fixed questions. We're going to ask them all these questions and see did they understand what we said? Did mm-hmm. they give us an answer, or did they just give us a web page or whatever? But that's not testing it with like a hundred different people with different accents right. and stuff. And that yeah. seems to be where Siri runs into the most trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, that and just not being able to just give me an answer sometimes. It just gives me a web page, and it frustrates me to no end when it gives me a web page for something for which I think it should just be able to give me an answer. And I, I often see where, it, to this day, it still does stuff with my accent weird. And I can tell by looking at the transcription that that's what it was doing, was reading my accent wrong. Yeah. So. Uh, Apple recently acquired a company called, I think it's pronounced Zorai. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and there's uh, Michael Simon wrote an article saying that this company could possibly bring some improvements to Siri, but we're not going to see that in iOS 14. This is, if 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 this is the case, we're not going to see these implementations from whatever Zorai's developed for another couple of years. Feels like we keep saying that about Siri stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah, mean, it's... they they reorganized their sort of whole AI and machine learning division. Uh, was it? early last year or the year before that mm-hmm. under uh, an ex-Google developer. Um, you never know when these things are going to actually end up in the software that we get. Yeah. Um, but all, all I know is that you see what's going on with Google Assistant and Alexa and you just wish Siri was better yeah. <laughs> every year. And I just want them to get on stage and have like Siri 2.0 in right. giant letters or something like something that indicates that like no, we're not making Siri sound better, which is fine. It's good, and I like that they're doing that, but just that, yeah. like, this is a whole new world for Siri. Right. And see, the, there's there's other little things that Apple doesn't get about Siri. It's it's like, why, how do they do the testing for this? So last night, let me give you a story. Uh, I decided to sleep on the couch, and I normally sleep with uh, my Google Home Mini that I use for, like, a, a nature track. But I decided to sleep in the living room, so I decided to pull out the HomePod. And I put on a, with AirPlay 2, I put on a track from Nature Space, because that's the only way it'll work for some stupid reason. And uh, so... I told Siri to set me a sleep timer for 41 minutes and for that to go off. So loud. I mean, and apparently there's no way to adjust Siri's volume on the HomePod. I mean, the, the, the sound itself was okay. But, my God, I wouldn't be surprised if I woke up my whole building. And I actually looked it up afterwards, how to adjust Siri's voice on the HomePod. And oh, the, the loudness of Siri's voice, not the music you were Exactly, the sound you were yes. Back. Okay. The, the, the loudness of the voice. Yeah. And that was so... 
clear, and it's supposed, and the best I can find it is that it says it automatically adjusts to the room you're in. But yeah. it's like this is designed by people who live in big Silicon right. Valley Sometimes houses. Sometimes your room is quiet for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's the middle of the night. Yeah. They know what time yeah. it is. Yeah. Come on. There's it was no so loud. I can't exaggerate how loud it yeah. was. Yeah. Kind of a secondary feature that I would like to see uh, implemented is a new home screen. So we've yep. had the same home screen forever. Yep. You know, I'm okay if it was the same design, but I'd like to be able to have more flexibility with it. Like if I wanted to have a blank home screen, I want to be able to do mm-hmm. that without kind of like faking it, so to speak. Yeah. With like folders and stuff. Yeah, that was one of the, the ones on the list. And it's, uh, they have, there. I don't expect Apple to give us an app drawer like, like on, on Android. Android, where yeah. it's like all your apps live here and just the apps you want, you can put on the home screen. Fine, put everything on the home screen. But they don't let you put blank spaces. Like mm-hmm. they let yeah. you everything, all the apps fill to the upper left. Yeah. And you can reorder them, but you can't just say, oh, no, just this app should be at the bottom. Right. And, and so there's a, I agree with that. Because yeah, I, I personally, I, I know it's a controversial opinion, think the app drawer is kind of silly. I, I do think that everything just should be immediately available. But yeah, you fine. should be able to rearrange it. I totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, all you can do is reorder it. You can't mm-hmm. just yeah. – if it, let, let me keep the grid. Just put whatever thing I want on whatever grid I want. Exactly. The other thing that's interesting is like if you are on your home screen and you just drag downward in an empty space, to get you get to spotlight search where you can search your – contacts and yeah. all that other stuff and there's a series suggestions box at the top that show you four apps that it thinks you would want to use based on your location and the time of day and what you normally use at this time and stuff that would be a neat thing to put on the home screen yeah. or like put as an option on the home screen just like a dyna- a siri dynamic section that's suggesting apps to you maybe that could be your bottom row instead of a fixed number of apps you know as an option you don't want to force dynamically chosen app de- screen design on people yeah. but there's a lot of stuff apple could do and they're just kind of stuck with the home same home screen we've had for kind of since the beginning kind of, yeah. they've added folders that's kind of what right. they've done and it's gotten out more high res but so <laughs> what another feature that you talk about that i would as, as, uh, i would like as a kind of secondary you know if they didn't come out with it now that's fine but i would like to see it eventually is call recording and yeah, it's, as a it's, journalist, that's so necessary. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting how many times I've been on the phone. And I was like, oh, I wish I could be. It should be so easy. Call. Yeah, it should be easy. And it should be easy, but it's not. Uh, and I, and like you say in the article, there are some legal issues in regards to it. So maybe we won't even well get it as a feature. So Google's dialer, the one that's used by default on the Pixels, there's a beta of it coming up. Uh, that beta of it that just released that has call recording in it. Um, it didn't release, I should say. It should say the APK got out, <laughs> and then, but they're they're doing call recording coming up, and it's their their solution yeah. to the issue is when you hit the call record button, a little message pops up on your screen that says you're responsible for complying with all ac- applicable mm. laws about recording phone calls, and it plays to both to both you and the person on the phone a, a little message that says call recording has begun, and then when you stop it, it says call recording has yeah. ended. That's all they got to do. Right. I mean, you're pretty well covered for almost everywhere with call recording as long as you make both parties know yeah. that you're recording yeah. it. I know that's a lot in California. I, I think some states only one person has to know. There are some yeah. one state, one, one person states. There's some things where uh, 
you don't have to say anything. It just has to be an audible tone that plays mm -hmm. every few seconds or something. You as long know, as there's some sort of indicator. Yeah, yeah, as long as there's some sort of indicator. But you're pretty well covered by just like telling both people that yeah. <laughs> it's being recorded. Yeah. And that's not just in the U.S. I mean, it. They, Apple has to worry about international issues and stuff. So, right. but I think they'd be covered doing pretty much exactly what Google plans yeah. to do, and it would be so useful, and it would be viral. Can you imagine yeah. how many <laughs> YouTube videos and stuff like that would would feature call recordings? Mm -hmm. uh, and there's the privacy yeah. issues. <laughs> but you're telling people, right? Yeah, they right. could hang up. They could, or or say, no, you can't record my call. I mean, yeah. they can opt out. It's so just speak. because it's easy. I can't tell you how many times somebody's called customer service or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered. You know how. You call, uh, you know, Comcast or something, and they, while you're waiting on hold, it says like this call for quality control. Yeah, they are recording call. you. If they're telling you that they're recording you, are you? You're covered. Both parties covered have been informed it, for you recording it too. I think. Yeah, yeah, I believe you are. Yeah, I think you could just record that. Yeah, uh, I'm yes, not a lawyer. Definitely want to <laughs> I'm not. A, yeah, we are not lawyers. We're not lawyers. So. Uh, <laughs> This you is know, not legal advice. Yeah, refer to a legal uh, expert if you want. I just, I just want it, and I want it. They could just, just stick the call recordings right in the Voice Memos app, yeah. which would make yeah. people go there. Just put a little phone icon next to it. Yeah, you could auto translate. I mean, auto transcribe the voice message. You could yeah. auto translate the voice messages. That'd be cool. <laughs> <right? laughs> that Do both. Cool. Uh, iOS yeah. forty two, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, come on. Do all the Siri like voice translation. Catch up to Google. Do this. Uh, Rev, uh, the transcription service, also has a good call recording app. They released it, I think, last year. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, There's yeah. some apps that do this. You can yeah. always screen record. Yes. Yeah, know? that's true. I have an actual recorder that puts a uh, uh, an earpiece yeah. mic mm -hmm. up by your ear mm -hmm. that will hear both sides of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, still, I still have that from, like, 2006 or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. It works great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other features that you guys would like to the change the default apps? Uh, yeah, mm. I, I totally agree. There's, I should be able to set Google Maps. I, I appreciate what Apple is doing with Apple Maps, and in the Bay Area, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I still have all my favorites and everything on Google Maps and stuff. Right. So I would like to switch it or there. web browsers or music playback. I mm -hmm. mean, there's. I'd like to be able to set default apps for things. Mm -hmm. um, I wish some of the camera improvement. The camera interface improvements mm -hmm. that are only for the iPhone 11 have no business being just for the iPhone 11, mm -hmm. and they could be for previous phones too. You know, there's no reason for them to make the little zoom dial thing right. be just for the iPhone 11. Yeah. So just bring that stuff to everything. I'll mention uh, our boss John Phillips' request because I think a lot of people were frustrated by this. When you hit the emoji keyboard, you can't search for an emoji. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You're sitting there, true. like, sliding yeah. through all the emojis trying to find the one that you want. <laughs> so, so emoji search would be great. I think I think Apple wants you to use the keyboard replacement. They want you to type football, and then under little on the word picker, mm. you'll see the emoji for yeah. football, and you can That's tap it. That's their way of searching, so to speak. But it's yeah. backwards. Right. You know, uh, people want to say, and now I insert an emoji, and they hit the emoji keyboard, yeah. and then they just want to find it with search. So yeah. emo emoji searches. Why not let you do both? Yes, yeah, absolutely. There's no problem yep. in, in exactly. letting you do both. I would probably use emoji more if I if it had some kind of feature like that. Yep. Yeah. And that's how I operate on my Mac. Is uh, I use a, an app called Rocket, which is free, but you can get a 
you can kick them five bucks for some extra features or something mm -hmm. that lets you type emoji anywhere in the OS by using the Slack method, putting a colon and then the the, the word and then the and word then, right. and another colon, you know, yeah. sandwiching it between colons. So you could just do like colon laugh out loud and right. you get the that that emoji. Yeah, and that so I do that everywhere in. Not just in the Slack. I just do that everywhere on my Mac, and I just kind of feel like I, I want essentially the same feature. Apple's notorious for having kind of like people, their projects worked in, in silos. Yeah. And it just seems like it would make a lot of sense if, not necessarily that Mac OS and iOS have to be made by the same team, but if they can do things like, hey, you know, on the Mac, you do it this way, maybe you should do it on iOS in a similar fashion kind right. of thing, just yeah. to maintain some consistency, uh, at least on that aspect. So, I know a lot of iPhone users are PC users and use Windows, so it's done differently, but at least you would have some consistency within your own products that you develop. Yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it feels like sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is right, doing. Right, yeah. 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 I mean, that's often been the case with Apple, and it, it's a problem. I should mention that for this for this sort of wish list of iOS stuff, we're not talking about iPad things because since they decided different. we're having iPad OS, even though it pretty much is iOS right now, yeah. we'll do a separate wish list for iPad OS and for Mac OS and for Watch OS. Uh, and things that are hardware reliant, that's more of an iPhone 12 wish list thing, not right. an iOS yeah. wish list. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of different issues that we would like to see taken care of with the iPad. They're just, you know, we were talking about earlier, you know, multitasking, multitasking. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that should be specifically addressed with iPad OS. You can check out Jason's list of how Apple can take iPhone to the next level with iOS 14. We didn't talk about all of them here in the show, and there are several others that he pointed out. But check out our website. There's a link to his article, and you can leave a comment on Facebook and Twitter. Now it's time for the two-minute tip, where a Macworld staffer will present a quick tip for your Apple device. Now this tip is how to switch the language and region used on your Mac. Uh, some people speak more than one language, and at times you might want to use one language over the other on your Mac. Uh, in some cases, we might also have licensed software that works only when the app or Mac OS is set to a particular language or keyboard. Apple lets you perform a global or app-specific language change, which is quite handy. To change your language for Mac OS, you start with the Language and Region Preference pane. If you don't see it in System Preference, Choose it from the View menu with System Preferences open. If you've already selected keyboard layouts from across multiple languages in the Keyboard Preference Pane's Input Methods tab, you see the associated languages listed under prefer Preferred Languages. You can add additional languages by clicking the plus sign at the lower left corner and then choosing from a list and clicking Add. When you add a language, the pane prompts you to ask if you want that to become your primary language. If you decide not to make it your primary language, you can later drag the language to the top of the preferred languages list to make that change. Click the gear icon and choose the menu option to apply your choice here in the login window. The region setting is separate, but the user interface makes that unclear as you might think that your preferred language choice would also set the region. 
and that name region is misleading. Choose a country from the region pop-up menu. That selection will populate the rest of the tab, such as the kind of calendar system used, and displays how dates, quantities, and currency will be displayed. You can get complete instructions for how to change your language in region, an article written by Glenn Fleischman on our website. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. That just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 683. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, through SoundCloud, or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, you can email us at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on Facebook. I'd like to thank Jason. Thank you. And thanks to Leif. Thank you. And thank you, the audience, for tuning in. Join us next week. For the next episode of the Macworld Podcast, as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you all next time.